Morning, Flint City Church. How are you guys doing today? I shouldn't walk in front of that speaker, should I? All right. Yo. Dude, get out of the spotlight, bro. Move over. My turn. How are you guys doing today? Good. It's good to see you guys. I'm going to take this mask off. I don't know how many of you know, but I have a saga of going to war with this microphone, so hopefully I didn't knock it loose. So, it's good to see you guys. It's good to be back. Uh, you know, I was supposed to be here last week preaching, and coronavirus kicked us down, as we've heard two times. This is the third time now, but this is my intro. So, coronavirus kicked us down, but it's so good to be back. Got to meet some new friends, new to me, um, and that's awesome. It's so good to be around uh, you guys, but like Ernesto said, we are a family, and right now a lot of our family members are still gone, um, a church family. So I think that it would be wise, before we jump into any of this, that we together, unified, pray for their healing. So let's do that, and then we'll jump into the text today. So, dear Lord, I just want to come to you today. Thank you for this day. Lord, I just want to uh, ask that you would bless today. Bless everyone in this room. Lord, thank you for their health. Lord, for the people who are sick, I just ask that you would heal them, uh, bring them back to us so that we can you know, hug and laugh and, and be together again. Lord, for the sermon today, I ask that you would just bless it. Uh, open our hearts, open our ears, uh, bless the words coming out of my mouth. When I fail, Lord, I ask that you'd speak through me so that you know, I don't fail our people here. We love you so much, God. We thank you for all you do for us. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Take this hat off. Reverence. So, we are in Matthew chapter 6 today, and we are in the second week of our sermon series, The Lord's Prayer. Like I said, I was supposed to be here last week um, to preach this because Ernesto, two weeks ago, did the first part, but we had to interrupt it, break our momentum. Um, but that's all right, we're back now. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. And let's read, starting in verse 9, and we will stop at the passage that we're going to. So, I had my little tab in there, then it wasn't. Jamie, did you do that? You sabotaged me? All right. So, in verse 9, Matthew chapter 6, it says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's all we're doing today. That's the part of the Lord's Prayer that we're doing today. Now, we're going to be all over chapter 6 today, so don't worry. There's more text to come. But in order to cover this portion, uh, before I do that, I want to fill us back in since we've had this week off. Last week, Pastor Ernesto covered the first part, and it was our Father who art in heaven. And Ernesto told us Jesus was being a little controversial by calling Yahweh his father. You know, Ernesto told us that Yahweh in the Jewish tradition was very removed from the Jewish people. You know, they wanted to treat him so reverently, so respectfully, that they didn't think of him as close. They thought of him as far away. So Jesus is kind of being a little spicy here. He's being a little Thai curry. You know, he's, he's, he's being a little controversial. He's assaulting Jewish tradition of the day. And he's saying, 
shouldn't treat Yahweh as so respected that he's far away. You should obviously respect him, but you should talk to God like he's your father. When Ernesto came to me, it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he goes, hey man, will you preach in two weeks? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what's it on? And he was like, it's the second part of the Lord's Prayer. I'm doing the first part. You know, can you do hallowed be your name? And I'm like, all right, maybe. I don't know. That's like a big topic, right? Holy is the name of God. I'm like, man, let me think about it. Our Father who art in heaven is kind of spicy, but hallowed be your name is like the most bland like, it's not bland, it's true, but like, that's not controversial. Like, Jewish people would be like, of course, the name of God is holy. So, at least I was like, all right, well, I know what I'm preaching on. I'm preaching on the holiness of God's name. Well, I'm going to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain. I'm going to show you how the sausage is made in terms of me writing a sermon. Just a little bit. So when I decide to write, you know, do a sermon for you guys, I do a lot of prep. Like, I go home, I read the passage. I don't just read, I didn't just read Hallowed Be Your Name and be like, hmm. Like, I read the whole text. I read the whole chapter. Um, then I read commentaries. So, like, writings about the Bible, like people's opinions about it, so that I can be, like, informed. Well, one of the other things that I do, and this is kind of, I think, unique to me. I don't know if everyone does this. I talk to two of my buddies that I went to school with. I always run, you know, these Bible passages by these guys because they're both smarter than me. So especially in the New Testament, I ask Jonah and Theo every time, I'm like, what do you guys think about this passage? Because I want their opinions. And in the New Testament, you know, the New Testament is written in Greek. I don't know Greek. Greek is Greek to me. So... <laughs> I know Hebrew, so like in the Old Testament, like I know that language, but sometimes the Greek can show us something that the English doesn't show us as clearly. You know, you can read your English Bible and it's just as good, but sometimes knowing the original language is helpful. Like something that's real clear in the original language is not so clear all the time in English. And I run this past Jonah. And he goes, oh, dude, you should totally preach on that passage. He's a skater, dude. He goes, he goes that passage is gnarly. I go, gnarly? What, like, you know, gnarly is cool to skater guys. I'm like, gnarly? What do you mean gnarly? He goes, dude, that passage is not a statement about the holiness of God's name. That passage is a command. I go, Really? How, did anyone know that that was a command? I never knew that. I've been reading this passage wrong my whole life. I go, no way, dude. I go, you're full of it, man. He goes, I'm serious, dude. It's an imperative, a command. I go, and I go to my English text, and I start reading it. Let's read it. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And right next to name, do you guys see the little number one? In your Bible, there's a number one usually, and it's called a footnote. And what a footnote is, is it's a little number, and it tells you to go down to the bottom, and it's comments about the text. And if you go down to the one, it has an alternate translation. And it says, or let your name be kept holy. That's more of a command. That's more of the idea. But the reason why they don't have that translation, in my opinion, is the Lord's Prayer is a 
poem. Did you guys know that? Like, I'm, I was learning tons of stuff. The Lord's Prayer is a poem. And if you look at it, it's indented like a poem. It looks like a psalm. You know, it's, it looks different in our Bibles. And that's because it is poetry. So, let your name be kept holy doesn't sound as good as hallowed be your name. But when we read hallowed be your name as English speakers, we don't really hear that command that Jesus is doing. And guys, when I understood that, I went back and looked at chapter 6, and I realized that when you read the Lord's Prayer this way, it changes the entire meaning of chapter 6. When you read, hallowed be your name as make your name holy, it becomes the entire interpretive key for chapter 6. So that's the first point. It's not holy is your name. It's not a statement. It is make your name holy. And we need to know why is Jesus commanding this of his father? Jesus is getting spicy again. Like that's what we're going to see. He's Ty Curry the whole way through. You know, he's being controversial. So let's look in order to understand why Jesus is commanding make your name holy we need to look at what chapter 6 is addressing. Chapter 6 is addressing something called the three pillars of Jewish piety. The three pillars of Jewish piety or Jewish holiness. So back in the day, the Jewish people had these three things that they did to assess how holy they were. They did three things. They wanted to know how holy they were. This was the practice they would do. They look at these three actions in other people's lives and in theirs. And these actions are called tithing, prayer, and fasting. Those are the three pillars. If you want to know how holy you are, you look at those three things. Jesus is addressing this idea. Let's see what he says about it. Starting in verse 2, first he does tithing. So he says, thus, when you give to the needy, Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what does Jesus say about tithing? He says, when you tithe, when you give to the needy, when you practice this form of righteousness, don't go up to someone and go, oh, there's a homeless guy. I'm going to give him $100. Wait a minute. Who's looking at me? Then you look around and you go, uh-oh, better whip out my old trumpet. Sound a trumpet. People look over. They're like, what's that trumpet noise? And then you give the money. Jesus is saying, don't do that. Like, he's being funny. Like, don't sound a trumpet. Instead, be so secretive in your giving that your body doesn't even know what it's doing. Your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing. That's how secretive you should be. My right hand usually knows what my left hand is doing, right? Like our bodies know what it's doing. That's Jesus saying, be so secretive, keep it so quiet. And what Jesus is saying is, the people who are seen doing this act of righteousness, he says they've received their reward. So that's what he says about tithing. Now, let's flip to verse 5. What does he say about prayer? 
And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues. Same people, hypocrites, same setting, synagogue and streets. It's the same thing. So he says that they may be seen by others. Same again. Then he says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. When they're seen by others, they've received their reward. Then he says, but when you go and pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Again, the same thing. Do it in secret. So what does he say about fasting? In order to, that's what he says about prayer, in order to see what he says about fasting, we have to skip over the Lord's Prayer. So in verse 16, he says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. Again, the same thing Jesus says when you fast. Because how do you show people that you're fasting? You can't, like you're hungry. So Jesus is like, don't make yourself look gloomy. That's what they're doing. Like the hypocrites would be like, oh, oh. And someone would be like, dude, are you all right? And he'd be like, yeah, I'm just so filled with righteousness because I'm fasting so hard. Like, Jesus is like, don't do that, dude. Don't do that. When you're practicing the righteousness of fasting, don't act like you're sick. He says, wash your face and anoint your head. Like you're going to a wedding. Like, dress yourself up. Like, make it look like a, a normal day. When people look at you in the street, they go, man, that guy is having a good, he looks like he ate seven meals today. Like Jesus is saying, make it that secret. Do it that secretively. So guys, that is the whole chapter. We just covered the whole chapter pretty much. And Jesus is addressing these ideas. So every single time we get, don't do it in public, do it in secret. Because the people who do it in public receive their reward, which is to be seen. In between these narratives, in between these, these teachings, we have this poem, The Lord's Prayer. And we have it say in verse 9, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, make your name holy. And guys, as that relates to these three stories, what were the hypocrites trying to do? They were trying to exalt their name, right? Three times we get this, hypocrite who is trying to be seen by others so that they'll look at him and go, whoa, look at Joe Schmo. He's, look at, he just gave $300 to that homeless guy. He's not Joe Schmo anymore. He's Joe Super Cool Cat. You know, like he's, he's trying to exalt his name. This hypocrite is doing acts of righteousness because he's concerned what his fellow person thinks about him. And Jesus is preaching this to a group of people. In that group, there are probably tons of people that loved these three pillars. They loved to practice their righteousness so that people would view them as better than everyone else. And Jesus is looking at that 
And he's saying, that is the wrong way to practice righteousness. Now, the question that I want to address is, why does Jesus use prayer to give the answer to what the hypocrites are doing? So if you're not supposed to do what the hypocrites are doing, what are you supposed to do? Jesus uses the Lord's Prayer to answer that question. And he uses prayer because prayer is the outward expression of what our hearts desire, right? When we pray, our hearts desire the thing that we ask for. We don't pray for stuff that we don't want. Like, I don't pray, you know, if you pray for trials in your life, it's because you're a really good Christian. It's not because you want to have a hard time, you know? There's always a reason why you pray. It's the outward expression of what you want. And what Jesus is saying is, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, make your name holy. Jesus is preaching here. He's saying, your heart, our heart, our desire should be to exalt Yahweh's name. It should be to lift Yahweh's name up. It should be to be an example of Yahweh. That should be our desire, what we want most in this life. And Jesus sets that against three times. Hypocrites, hypocrites who practice righteousness and do their good deeds just so that other people will see them and think better of them. Jesus says that's not the way to be righteous. That's not the way to be righteous. He says that your heart, when you pray, your desire should be that every action in your life is to exalt God. Guys, that's the whole point of this passage. It sounds like I'm droning because this is so much text, but guys, that's it. We're there. We're there. That's what Jesus is preaching in all of chapter 6. Now we just need to ask the question. If our heart's desire should be to exalt God's name, how do we do that? When we practice acts of righteousness, how do we make sure that God's name is exalted and not our own? I think that the answer is simple. I think that the execution is hard. The answer is, we need to hold ourselves accountable. We need to hold ourselves accountable because when we practice acts of righteousness, Jesus says, do it in private. Like, right, we get that three times. Do your righteousness in private. But we can't always practice our righteousness in private, right? You know, and righteousness, none of us are righteous without Christ, right? But we can't do righteous acts in private all the time. Like even the guy who's tithing or he's giving money to the homeless guy, that takes place in public. So Jesus says, hold yourself accountable. Like that's what he's insinuating. He implies what we need to do is hold ourselves accountable. And the reason that we know that is Jesus says, when you pray, pray in secret. But then Jesus prays in public, right? He literally prays out loud. Guys, I just prayed out loud. Like, I'm preaching right now. That's technically like an act of righteousness. It's a good deed that, that we do. And when we do good deeds in public, when we do things that are visible, 
It preaches Yahweh's name if we do it right, right? If you're a good person and people see that and they know that you're a follower of God, that speaks to the greatness of the God that we follow, right? So when we do good, we need to check ourselves. We need to constantly be asking ourselves, am I doing this good because I want my name to be seen? Or am I doing this good because I want Yahweh's name to be seen? Because I want God's name to be seen? Because I want Jesus Christ's name to be seen? I'll tell you guys a story. When I was 16 years old, the church that I was going to, we lost our kid's person, like our kid's pastor. He went to another church. And I was serving in kid's ministry for a long time, like I think since I was like 12, serving in kid's ministry. Well, at the time, we didn't have a kid's person to step in and take over. So me and my friend Rachel kind of ran that program for like a year. And I was a 16-year-old with Rachel, who was a little bit older than me, kind of running the program together. And guys, serving in church is a good thing, right? But guys, the reason that I was serving in church the reason I was in charge of the kids' stuff was because I liked the status that it gave me in church. Like, which also, that's hilarious. Like, kids' pastor status. <laughs> like, that's like, whoa, how cool. But at the age of 16, like, that makes you feel important. Like, when adults come to you, they're like, oh, you're the guy who teaches our kids. I didn't realize that at the time, but thinking back on it, I realized that my heart was serving in church and I'd show up and do all of this work, but it wasn't to exalt Yahweh's name. It wasn't to, the main reason I was doing it was for myself. The main reason I was doing it was for myself. And guys, I had to step away from that for a while. When I was in college, I had to really reassess some things. Why do I serve? Why do I do the good things that I do? Everyone does good things, everyone does bad things. So I'm definitely not, you know, lifting myself up here. I don't ever want it to come off like that, just like everyone else. But this is the example. I'm the kids guy now. I'm the youth guy now. Me and my wife do it together. But guys, my heart is no longer concerned with the cool status of the youth guy. Like, that's not where my heart is. The reason that me and my wife drive out here on Tuesdays after work is because I want Yahweh's name to be exalted. I want Jesus Christ to be exalted. I know that it's the most important thing is that these kids that we love know Jesus' name and see it lifted high. And I try to live my life as best I can so that when those kids look at me, they see God. Like, they, they see God. They don't see me. And guys, that is what Jesus is preaching. Jesus is preaching. And it's kind of, you know, it's hard to track. It's a big, what's it called? Like a big structure. Uh, the whole chapter works and it interweaves. But once you wrangle it down, you're looking at one truth. As we do righteous things, as we do good things in this life, it should be our heart's desire to lift up God. 
That's what we should do. We shouldn't be concerned with making our own names great. We should be concerned with making God's name great. And, you know, as we do, I'm going to be a little spicier. I told Jamie, I'm not usually spicy, but Jesus was spicy. So I'm going to do it. When we do good acts, do we have to post it on Facebook? That, ooh, Ernesto, you, you guys know, Ernesto used to be my boss for a couple years. Ernesto beat social media out of me. Ernesto beat a lot of things out of me. <laughs> Ernesto beat social media out of me, though. He was like, which I still have it, but he was like, dude, you can't be posting stuff like that. And I was like, shut up, dude, just let me be me. <laughs> he was like, bro, don't. He beat that out of me. Guys, Jesus three times gives this example. The street corners and the synagogues. The reason he gives that example is the street corners and the synagogues is where socializing happened in the Jewish day. You know, back in that day. Where does socializing happen now? Where do we set up an image to be worshipped by our friends? Facebook, Twitter. Boom! Facebook and Twitter. Facebook and Twitter. That's what we do. Facebook isn't real. If you don't know that yet, here's the like, this is it. Like, people set up an image of what they want their friends to see. Guys, Facebook is the most parallel thing that we have to street corners and synagogues now. And Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrite and do it in public so that you can be seen. And this is why it's hard. I can't tell you that you shouldn't post that because maybe you are like with fullest intent, like you're sharing a good deed that you did or that your church did because you think that it's glorifying God's name and maybe it does. That's why we have to hold each other or ourselves accountable. We can't hold each other accountable. I don't know what's in your heart. But guys, when in doubt, practice your righteousness in private. And every time that we do something, we need to ask ourselves, why am I posting that? Why am I saying that? Why am I telling this story? Is it to lift up our name or to lift up God's name? That's how we need to live our lives. That's it, guys. That's the passage. That is it. Make Yahweh's name holy. Let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Lord, I just want to come to you today. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this people. God, we love you so much. Just bless us as we traverse the rest of the week. Um, bring our family back to us, heal them, and just work in our lives, Lord. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks.